the DJ is just like, all right, we got a comedian coming up. Uh, here he is. And you're just like, all right, hi. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, hello. Like, like they might say your name. Yeah, that seems, yeah, that does feel like it would be really weird. What's happening, What's Nick? What's up, dude? Oh, you know. <laughs> the huge. The huge. Yeah. The huge. Not a yeah. whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. No. Nope. Uh, it's weird like you wake up and you're just like what am i not gonna do today i know these the weekends especially it's like well i'm not gonna do anything should i do something special should i pay for a movie on on my tv yeah it's like what what, what am i gonna do i'll walk around the neighborhood maybe i'll try a new street <laughs> yeah right I haven't been down raleigh in a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's about the extent of my excitement these days. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I uh, I rode my I rode my motorcycle. Again oh yeah, today. you got a motorcycle. Yeah, I you bought a, a motorcycle. Week. Yeah, it's kind of a big week for me. Um, yeah. Making big purchases. Uh, very. I'm excited about it. I'm still, dude. It's a weird thing to learn as an adult. Like yeah, there's a there's a part that. of me that wishes I would have learned it when I was younger and didn't have as much fear. Yeah, no, most reason. motorcycle people I know had motorcycles when they were a kid because their dad liked motorcycles or something. Yeah. My dad hated them. Very against. Yeah, my parents one. were both quite anti motorcycle. Like, the anti get killed. <laughs> anti snowmobile as well. Really anything, like, they just were anti, like, gasoline-powered toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're expensive and bad for the environment and loud, and my dad wasn't ever into any of them and, like, doesn't really do mechanical stuff. So, mm. like, if they broke, they'd be a money pit. So they were never even an option that gotcha. was on the table. Yeah. It was, yeah, my, my dad does not, he's not a huge, he's not a fan uh, mm-hmm. he's into car stuff but like not like that into it just into mm. like buying cool stock cars yeah <laughs> like doing nothing to it mm-hmm. just made just likes nice cars yeah uh That's fair knows a fair amount of, but i mean you know like knows what it, he's always like researching the next car that he's gonna get yeah i, I do the same thing and then I never even get the car. I just like read about cars. And then you just move on to the next car that you're not also not going to get. Yeah, just like cars I can't afford just over and over. Just learn everything about cars I can't afford. All right. So this, <laughs> sort of, this sort of ties in. I was looking at these shoes and mm-hmm. I want to know if you had to get one of them because they are definitely like designed after the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. If you had to get one pair of these, which which colorway would you get? Would you get oh the fourteens? The 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 Jordan fourteens. Big fan, but I'd I know. Get but the if you had to get ones. one, this the don't they have? Don't they? Have, what were the original colorways? I think the original is like one of the cheapest ones. Is it this one? Yeah, I kind of like that black one. I think that one this looks pretty cool. Sick. It kind of looks like the interior leather mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, it was designed to look or like 
because Jordan drove a Ferrari at the time. Yeah. I think a 355 maybe. I don't know that. But like was, some of these other weird, crazy ones are Let worth me see more. if it was the 355. Uh, I just, I was curious. So I like this one myself. But it's like, if you're going to go with this ridiculous shoe, I almost feel like you got to get a crazy, flashy color like this one. It's the inside. Oh, and it's got, it's got just solid suede. It doesn't have the, there's this yellow one too. Oh, I don't like the yellow one. I kind of, I don't know. It's that Ferrari yellow the, too. The Ferrari red. Ferrari red, that's the color you're supposed the to get. challenge red. This wolf one isn't too bad. But it just doesn't like, I don't know, it's almost kind of boring. Not really a fan of the shoe, but I do like the the black one. was That was mine. Because um, I also liked this. Oh, other, 550M. That's five, what the Ferrari. Uh, okay. I liked the inside. I liked this. It's kind of almost like the two that nobody likes. It's reminiscent of that, mm-hmm. I think. I think the 14, I think more people like the 14 than like the uh, the two. Yeah. I could see that. This one's a little bit more. I think Jordan played in the 14s like oh, a really? little bit in his very last season. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember them being in the last dance. I think he played his last, like his final game in those or something like his gotcha. the finals of his last season oh, okay gotcha yeah very cool all right yeah. so what shoe are we <laughs> going to talk about today we should probably we'll get to it these uh react element 87s um they're kind of dirty i wear them a decent amount is that the um, element moss is that the color yeah one? i think moss is the colorway. it's kind of this greenish yep yeah. Okay. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I just had a list of them and I didn't know what color you had. I knew the shoe, but I didn't know what color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like these. They're super light and they're definitely really comfortable to stand around in. I don't like them for long walks or runs because right back here, this this piece in the back, like yeah. for me, it hits me in a bad spot and I get blisters. Gotcha. It's like stiff oh, back that. here and kind of digs in there i don't know if i just need to break them in more but i've had these for like a year and i've worn them a decent amount and i still have i recently walked like a all around my neighborhood like two or three miles the other day mm-hmm. and it they still tore my feet up so <laughs> as far as walking shoes i would get a different pair but for just like I, i've done stand-up in them quite a bit and just for wandering around not not like walking miles just like wandering around and mostly driving places okay so these are, these are more driving shoes as opposed to no, they, i would put them in the same category as like a lot of the shoes i have where okay like, i wouldn't want to walk anywhere significant in them you know yeah like i honestly i don't think any of the jordans are that good for walking they don't tear my heels up like that but they also aren't like they're not great for it yeah they're not the shoe i would choose for taking a long walk or going for a run so you do those those adidas yeah the ultra boost are great ultra boost yeah yeah those the ultra boost 19 is my my go-to but yeah these these were a nike store nike employee store oh okay pickup. i saw there's a little bit of reactive stuff on there when you held it up is it in the lace too oh yeah um yeah there's reflective like 
yeah the laces uh no it's not in the laces it's just on these uh just those hooks yeah the hooks i think that's the only places yeah that's the only 3m that's yeah that's yeah. cool and it's got the whole react foam sole which is very comfy it really is just this little back tab that is that bugs me and it's probably more my foot than the shoe because i think a lot of people love these for running and stuff okay but it just doesn't work nice with my feet i like no, we... that it's it's like a see-through mesh you can see my fingers oh through yeah oh, that's cool i didn't know i didn't notice that yeah. in the photos they've got a cork insole cork yeah like wood really yeah like, yeah it's got a thin layer of cork oh weird i've never seen that the insole yeah yeah i think it just helps it form more accurately to your foot like it compresses to the shape of your foot okay like molds molds mm -hmm. it so do you like do you like react or wait it's react and boost right you like boost yeah better? I, I probably guy. go toward boost but honestly just because i feel like the boost shoes that i have fit me a little better um yeah. like the react foam definitely has this, is kind of similar in that it's you know it's kind of springy and cushy and nice okay but i think my boost shoes i just like the way the adidas is just like a sock shoe and it's soft all the way around it doesn't dig in anywhere specifically yeah that's kind of yeah, I could see I could see how that that would be mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So and also these are more traditional where they have like a tongue and laces that that you actually have to tie to get them tight whereas the Ultra Boost is like a sock shoe. That okay. the, the whole the sock is what's tight around your foot and then the laces you just kind of tie to get out of the way. It's got that knit whatever they yeah, call it. Yeah, the, the the prime knit. Prime and knit. I I I think it's I like it better for actual walking and running than than these. These kind of just look like a, like they look really canvasy or something. Like um, I don't know, they look like a. They're bag. like a super light <laughs> nylon. They're like okay. what uh, they're like some some shit you would buy at REI. Okay, yeah, that's what they look like. They look, mm -hmm. they look they look waterproof. <laughs> they're most certainly not. I haven't tested that. I just know it. <laughs> you just know um, that they're not. Yeah. Uh, I've tested that whether my shoes are waterproof or not, <laughs> unintentionally or intentionally. <laughs> living here. Yep, there so, they are. These are them up close and personal. Um, clean, clean, not dirty. Oh, you can see through it on yep. on here. You can see through. Yeah, I do like the through. I do like the style. I like the oversized swoosh and the kind of like the like inside sort of unfinished look <laughs> there the yeah i like that i like the way they i like the way they look that's the part called of why a surge that that surged yeah i think that's what that stitch is called but yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna and i thought it was a cool colorway i still yeah. like the way these shoes look and i i'm still gonna wear them i just i'm not so would walk. you would you pay for them i paid 40 percent off of 160 so i don't know what is that 100 bucks that's not bad. Ninety bucks, hundred bucks. Yeah. And and they're still going for for one sixty at this point. They're like yeah. at re they're like just at retail. Yeah, I bought them actually a little over a year ago now. Just over a year ago at the Nike employee store. Was this the only colorway or was this were uh, you like 
I think this they a had a couple choice? options, but that was the one I liked better of what was there. And I still think it's a cool colorway. It's one of my favorites that I've seen. Mm-hmm. This is a very Portland-looking shoe to me. Maybe it's just because there's moss on everything here, but... Yeah, no, I, I, could, I could see that. It's kind of techy-looking, and it's got yeah. some moss on it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a joke version of that, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. It's, no. like, it's like pretty white. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's got these little little hits of whatever, little like droplet things. Yeah, I don't know. I think those are like, I think there's little like bars that go through it. I don't, there, there's something to do with the, the way the soul works. Okay. Yeah, I think those are like the ends of rods or something that go through it. Oh, really? Yeah, or something like that. I, I remember I, I read about it one time and then I was like, eh, there's some tech of some uh, okay. sort. Cool. These look and like they're the hottest ones. These are the are the the most expensive ones. I yeah, think. I mean, they're they're loud. You just gotta make them super loud. Ugh, that that's like a yellowish. No, these are gross. Not into these. Yeah, kind of a yellowish green. Yeah, you can see that they didn't take the paper out. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's funny. When they still got a they, crumpled up paper when they took the picture. Oh. Um, lazy yeah lazy photographers Jeez, way to go stock x <laughs> yeah bastards <laughs> but yeah nice. I, didn't, I guess i did, these ones i was just like unaware of your coll- that they were in your collection yeah i feel like you've seen them but they weren't like they weren't like a notable shoe at the time yeah they're not super like, loud or they just look like sneakers yeah i wore them i've worn them on stage a number of times yeah. Like to mics and stuff. I wore them a lot last summer. Dude, I don't know if this is for some reason. Okay, so I I, mm-hmm. I changed the way I was thinking about stand-up mm-hmm. yesterday, or this week, I guess. Okay. I was like, you know what? Fuck stand-up. I'm going to be done with stand-up for the rest of the year. Like truly let mm-hmm. go. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to even try. Yeah, it's not. Not even going to try. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this morning, <laughs> I pulled out my phone or like this afternoon, I was like, I got like a wild hair and I pulled out my phone because normally on a Saturday afternoon, if I really wanted to uh, <laughs> to do any stand up or if I had a show later, I would go to this Marino's Cafe. It's just like a local problematic <laughs> open mic <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> it's And it's not really problematic. It's like a, it's a coffee it's a shop. clean mic at a coffee shop <laughs> in the afternoon on a mm-hmm. saturday and uh i when i'm when i feel like i want to try out a new joke i usually just like i'll just go there and mm-hmm. without even writing it or barely even thinking about it and just try it out and i'll usually hit up todd because we're neighbors and mm-hmm. be like hey you want to and i pulled out my phone to just be like hey man you want to go and i was like oh my god i can't we can't <laughs> it's not happening oh yeah yeah restaurants opened yesterday yeah but i don't think marino's cafe well i'm sure they've open been mic. open i'm sure they have but i don't know shows. if they're having open mics they want customers <laughs> not and the open mic made sure that social distancing took place 
even if it wasn't before. Well, I mean, like of the mics, I feel like that one could happen because there was barely anybody there. Exactly. No, like one when there were, and the open mic started, those people socially distanced their way right out the door. <laughs> I remember exactly. we we chased the customers out of that coffee shop pretty much every Saturday. <laughs> Like people would just be like, they'd people come in, come in with their babies, with like six-year-old children, and there's just some degenerate up on stage talking about, you know, whatever. Whatever, trying to make it clean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the most fun is trying to make the dirty jokes clean and just like, I think one time I just gave up and I just was silent through my swear words like it was an edited rap song, and just and like, that was pretty cut funny. It. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah, it it was it was fun. Yeah, I guess I I guess I just like had a thing I wanted to try, and then I was like, oh man, we don't have, uh, we can't do that <laughs> right now. It's just like a weird, weird, random thing. And it was like right after I was like, I made this decree, like I'm done, and then and then immediately the next day I was like, but maybe I could. <laughs> God. So nah. I'm. I'm realizing that I'm I'm not I mean I don't know I don't know you know I'm like I'm not I'm not totally to, it's not out of the question but I'm not banging down the door I don't think I really would have gone even if it did happen mm-hmm. even if it was happening I just don't know I don't yeah, think I'm I would have actually yet. I'm gonna let this through. I'm gonna watch this situation before I start doing stuff like that I'm mm-hmm. I'm still wary of coronavirus here I don't it's not gone. We know it's not gone. It's not gone. And people are just like so... The people in comedy, I think, are just so rec- reckless that they don't care about that. And they're just like, I gotta do my thing. And I'm like... Ah, yeah, I-, I, I do think there's an element of that. I have seen some people in comedy are definitely... I guess I'm not missing it that much and it makes me feel bad that I'm not missing it that much. Like, I am yeah. missing it. For sure. No, I I feel the same way. Like I I'm like, well, I should I be missing this more? But there is a part of me you know? that's like, man, I think here's what it is for me. I this is my theory on why I'm nervous about going back into it. When we had to stop, mm-hmm. I was a part of running a Monday night show, a Wednesday night show, a Thursday night show, and then I was in the process of pitching a Saturday night show. And then I had our writers meeting mm-hmm. and bowling. I don't know if that really counts, but that's a thing that I did at night. And I think what is, I'm nervous about is it's kind of like, it kind of feels like I'm stepping off of a couch, like getting up off a couch and onto a moving treadmill. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> going from doing sitting no for- things to back to doing all the things just like running yeah like like i feel like it's going to be a situation like you know when you stand up too fast and you get lightheaded and Mm -hmm. and then you trip on the treadmill and do two front flips no i've thought about that i've thought about like well you know this i really you know i haven't done a whole lot in this quarantine you know and then i'm i'll go back to mike's every fucking night and shows and whatever that's so intimidating sounding to me right that was Dude, that was what intimidated me away from starting stand-up in the first place. What do you mean? For a while. The, oh, the like, because you were like, if I'm going to do go this. On, I would go I'm on like do... Reddit or whatever, where people were talking about stand-up, you yeah. know, and read about people starting stand-up. And people would always ask, 
I I think I'm funny, you know, or my my fucking my friend said I got some, something funny. I, I like that try tone that you up. read these Reddit posts because it's dead on. <laughs> yeah, I want to try stand up, and everybody on Reddit was like, "Well, are you ready to go up and bomb three times a night, six days a week for the yeah. rest of your life? You ready to tell jokes to nobody until you die?" And people were like, well, "Couldn't I just do like..." One or two a week? No, you're not dedicated. If you do two, you're not dedicated. The only reason to skip going to an open mic is if you have three kinds of cancer. Two <laughs> kinds of cancer, that's not enough cancer. You can still get up. You can still like, do a, at fuck, least a man? set. Which is, which is not true. What do you think it is? Like, I, what, what do you think the truth is? Like, After doing it for a year, what was your truth? In my opinion, I do think consistency is important and i think once a week wouldn't be enough i think hitting different rooms is important but i think Mm -hmm. if you have like maybe two or three a week that you always go to and you try to throw a couple extra in there if you can yeah you know it's enough that you're being consistent you'll make some progress but it's not so much that you might burn out you know and i i feel like there's there's a lot of pressure to be at everything Mm-hmm. be seen at everything but i feel like to some extent you could end up burning out and you're going to be doing it for the wrong reason like you're just going to be there doing, to be there do oh being there for the wrong yeah reason. like if and and it's not like it's not like the stage time isn't useful you should definitely get on stage mm-hmm. but like i don't know i feel like burning out like it's it's more important to just keep doing it and keep doing it than it mm-hmm. is to do every single thing that you possibly can and then burn out and then quit. So yeah, yeah, if you can. The advice that I wish I would have gotten or took, I think I got it or something. Anyway, the advice I wish I would have done is build to that. Nobody ever says that. They're like, you got to do it every single night of the week. You should, I guess, Mm -hmm. if you want to be really good, but I think you got to build to that. I do too. And I, you don't, I you experienced don't just, that. A you little. don't just go like, all right, I'm doing it now. Turn it on every <laughs> night. Yeah. Like, I think you do like start whatever you're comfortable with. Like maybe I think, I think you should, well, you should start a little bit outside your comfort zone, but not like so far out of your comfort zone and then just build to doing it every night of the week, you know, where you're almost like, Oh wait, I, I didn't even realize I was going out every night for that or whatever. Or like you're booked on that many shows mm-hmm. where you, I don't know. I found, I found a lot of value in doing my own shows because then like, then I was there. That kind of gave you those three a week that you always did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you Cause, were always at your own shows, So you always got on stage every week. Yeah. And then if you did some other stuff too, great. Well, that's a part that a lot of people don't talk about that much is like the amount of times you go out and don't get on stage. That drives me crazy. That's the part that I struggle with the most, I think, is like when I'm I'm like all ready to go and mm-hmm. then I don't get to go up or I get like a really horrible spot where I'm there all night. That's the part that I struggle with personally and that's why i was like mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna be doing this i want to be a host. i want to be a yeah host. because i really don't like this like 
waiting to do like Mm -hmm. you know three hours to do three minutes yeah i think if you're not the host of stuff and you're just doing mics hitting the same having a rotation of two or three that you are at religiously Mm kind of helps you avoid that totally because the mics that i was a regular at yeah by the time i was a few months in i started getting kind of nice spots at all those mics yeah and then like any mics run by those people like they just knew me and they were like yeah he's you know more than likely he's not going to completely bomb he might but like they knew that i was they knew that i would you know try yeah and they're not and then they knew i wasn't gonna go up there and say something completely wild and outrageous that was gonna get their bar shut down (laughs) so they like yeah they'd give and they liked me because i wasn't a dick and so yeah they'd throw me a decent spot at most of those mics also i noticed that like the longer i did comedy like i think by the time i was four or five months in I just wanted to be at more mics. Like I just wanted to be out yeah. more. So I ended up going up most nights of the week, like probably five a week is what I average five nights a week. And uh, yeah, but see, that happened up. kind of organically for it you. It did. And I, I think my approach was always try to get three a week. And pretty mm-hmm. soon I just was like, oh, that's easy. I'm going to do this one too. What the fuck else am I doing right now? Or I yeah. go out and I hit a mic. And then there was another one right after it and I'd already gone up. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. And then you're just, you just sort of like the next one. Exactly. But that's, that's not pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. No, no. And that's one of those um, things that like it was when you first started, if you were to just, okay, mapping it out, (laughs) just getting on stage is pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And the and the whole thing with like starting a show or like getting to the position where I was mm-hmm. is like I'm I think after about a year of doing open mics like I think you should do a year of open mics I think that's really good mm-hmm. to do that and build and do you know as many as that you as many as you can but building two multiple times a week mm-hmm. and then look into starting a show I think it's a mistake when people start a show immediately where they're like oh this is bullshit I don't get the good spots like you no know, you do a little bit of time in those horrible spots but then Mm -hmm. also eventually push yourself once you're like okay i can do that or like i've been doing these spots for a while now i want to sort of like take my comedy to the next level so to speak then do the show start a show where you can get consistent because i'm talking about going back to doing open mics after doing this for five or six years (laughs) and so it was like going from doing a lot of showcases and stuff to doing those three minute spots at the end Mm -hmm. and i was like all right this isn't where i belong i need to be somewhere yeah like when you moved here from vegas and you had to start with a new scene or i was like starting over yeah no that does sound rough i i yeah it would suck to be i mean i I don't know what it's like to be that many years in because i'm only a year (laughs) in but like it it feels like it would suck to be that many years in and then have to go back to being dead last on the list with no one in the audience. Right. Yeah. There's, there's some advantages though to that, in my opinion too, is that you can kind of like, it's sort of like that beginner's mind thing where you sort of, because you're forced to start over, you're, you just like are getting things on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And the cool advantage too, is you can kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. And sort of like, there's i don't know there's some different things like Mm -hmm. you you know work on your voice or yeah and and having that patience 
and not and just like letting go of that ego thing and having the patience to just like sit back and be a beginner again. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value in that too. Cause a lot of yeah. times we just, yeah. when we do anything for a long time, we just like refuse to like learn anything and then we're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And then like for me starting over gave me a chance to like sort of learn things, like approach things differently and sort of like try it a little bit different way, but with my experience. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So my new thing I'm learning is motorcycling, <laughs> which is, dude, it's kind of nerve wracking. I understand. Do you have any interest in do in, in learning how to ride a motorcycle? I mean, I'd lo- I would like to learn at some point in my life, but is it what's what's preventing you right now i mean well not owning a motorcycle and not wanting to fuck up someone else's motorcycle okay mostly and time and money well i mean not that you asked but (laughs) i would say anyone who's thinking about doing it wants to get into motorcycles Mm -hmm. you have to take this motorcycle safety class in oregon and in a Mm -hmm. lot of states and it's this two-day class and they literally start you from the beginning. And it's amazing. Anyone who's ever interested in motorcycling, I would say take this class hmm. because they move you through the first class, maybe not the second class. Mm-hmm. But the first, you have to take it and pass it to get okay. the endorsement on your driver's license. Yeah, yeah. And it's rad. And they teach you how to ride a motorcycle in that yeah. class? Yeah. Okay. Like the first thing you do mm-hmm. is literally you... And what's cool about it is there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for stopping and starting and like taking turns from a stop and like taking turns with a little bit of speed. And like they, they work you through it in this really cool way that you wouldn't normally get because you're stopping all the time and mm-hmm. it's a manual. So you have, to, that's the hardest part. Like once yeah, you learn aren't how all to bikes shift manual there, is there an automatic bike? There are, but they're like, crazy high level like the honda goldwing that seems like it might I be an automatic if, bike i feel like there's like some like um bmws and stuff like that like some hmm. of those big fancy touring ones. yeah those big touring bikes yeah I the goldwing they on. might have that one in the, the honda goldwing might be an yeah the gold the goldwing is it's so big it's it's got a six cylinder engine in it it's massive <laughs> it's huge yeah, and it's, it's got like a, a horizontally giant love opposed seat, or uh, not love seat. Uh, engine. They've they've just got these big cushy seats and stereos and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, though big crazy bikes. You, but most, of, I mean, all the bikes that you're learning on are manual, and most like, and most bikes that you would buy are also yeah, manual. I think, yeah, right, and yeah. yeah, it's pretty common. That it's going to be a manual transmission and not uh and that's just like part mm-hmm. of it's in the culture too like no one really want no one's like trying yeah no wanting. one wants an automatic bike no <laughs> not that no, i know nobody of. cool yeah like an automatic bike. <laughs> nobody wants the automatic bike it's just like part of what's cool about it is the shifting mm-hmm. yeah um i mean it's it's similar to you know driving a stick shift except you're using the hand as the clutch it's the, yeah and the, the left foot. hand the <laughs> yeah. left hand uh lever is the clutch right? yep. is the clutch and then the foot and then the foot uh yeah, it's, it's a sequential up for first and down for the subsequent five or whatever or is it down for first and up for all the rest so it's down for first from neutral it's down for first and then up sequentially mm-hmm. for the here's rest. a six speed yeah the bike you got yep 
You got the, the Rebel 500, right? The Rebel Honda. 500, yeah. And now that I'm now that I said yes, it's a six speed. It might be a five speed. Mm. Now that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna Google it because I don't know that much about the specs <laughs> of it. I've just been learning how to ride it. Yeah, so. you just you got it because it's like a really good bike for new riders, right? Yep. And it looks cool. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's be honest. That's an important thing with a motorcycle. Yeah, there's six six gears on the on the Rebel, and it's it, it's interesting. I was driving it today, and um, man, driving a driving a cool looking motorcycle is a lot like being a hot girl. Like all the dudes are checking you out. <laughs> <laughs> just like so many people just like uh doing the full drive-by <laughs> check <laughs> the full look back nice um that was cool i mean i do it too mm-hmm. like because i'm like oh what is that bike oh it's another harley or whatever but so is your bike loud no not okay. really it's not that loud <laughs> it's not loud like a harley i mm-hmm. um it's pretty quiet honestly but it's a fun, it's a great bike. Yeah. It's really fun. And part of the reason I, I got kind of a little bit bigger bike than I would to learn on is just because mm-hmm. you can kind of like grow into it and you don't yeah. get out of it. Yeah, but it's not such a big bike that you're going to immediately just wheelie it off of yeah. every start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you wheelie it yet no. accidentally? I'm not going to. I don't plan on it. I'm so... There are I, some bikes that I think if you're like, if it's too powerful of a bike and you aren't good at riding... Like you might accidentally wheelie it. You could, but I'm not like revving it up and then letting go of the clutch. Like I feather, (laughs) I just have like, I, my, all of my cars until like Mm -hmm. basically the one I have now were automatic or were not automatic or all manual. Yeah. So I just have this like, I kind of, I feel like I would, I feel like I would be fine at that. Like I know how to release a clutch and start gently. I'm almost uh, too gentle. Like I should be a little bit more aggressive with how I release it, mm-hmm. but I'm learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> so I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. And it's been really fun. It's been really fun. But if you're thinking about it, just take the class to get the endorsement. And okay. it's, it's like $200. It's two days. They provide the bike and the helmet and everything. You just have to wear boots and gloves and rain gear because it was torrential downpour when i did my second day mm-hmm. i took oh, yeah, the I test remember that. in like a, in like a monsoon it was it was fun but man we were soaked um and like there's this thing where you have to stop between cones like you can't start mm-hmm. stopping until you pass this cone but then you have to stop before this other cone mm-hmm and um it was raining and there was just like puddles everywhere and they kept having to move it so that we weren't like trying to stop in a puddle (laughs) because it did i did that was the only thing i got a little off on was the test on the test was uh i skidded a little bit in my in my emergency stop Mm. so you go up to 45 yeah does the bike have and then have abs i know the fancy ones probably do yes but i didn't get the abs version oh okay because that one wasn't on sale. <laughs> this one was Fair on enough. sale. It was like $1,500 off. So I, that's what, also why I kind of jumped on it. Yeah. Because it's a 2019. There's a 2020. They had some mm-hmm. 2020s. And they'll a little bit more money. But it's not bad. But yeah, taking the class really... I mean, you, you start... Like you literally start from you're just sitting... And you just learn to like feather and just go forward. And then they have you like foot back and then you like 
go forward a little bit mm-hmm. and then you push back and you just like you start there and then you start like going where they're like okay you go and then like stop over here and so it's like somebody goes and you stop and there's like a lot of waiting and so there's a lot of like you get a lot of really good experience like even just waiting in line to go around the thing mm-hmm. is you have to move your bike like a few feet at a time yeah so you're, so you gotta, you're working on the clutch yeah yeah totally and not running into the person in front of you yeah yeah which somebody did that in my class like somebody just let go of the clutch mm-hmm. and their bike just was like and then they held on to the handlebar so mm-hmm. like then they just like revved it way up and it like wheelied and like almost hit one of the other people in the class oh embarrassing did they yeah. turn it over to like did it fall over too? did they lose complete control of it well they like ran next to it and mm. if they had just let go of the handle it would have been mm-hmm. fine but they like oh. held on and like tried to run next to it it was like no what are you doing oh it sounds funny so you don't like go <laughs> you never let go of that and then the other thing like that people that my friend told me he's like never trust the gear indicator that you're in neutral like just Mm. don't like just be never just like let go never just like like completely let go never just let go of the clutch yeah you never want to do that like okay even if it says that it's in neutral like it could possibly be a little bit in gear or like catch and get into Mm. gear if you let it go like that if you pop okay so So you want to if you're gonna let off the clutch like let off slowly let off slowly and if it's if it's moving a little bit you know and just pay mm-hmm. attention that's it's, a fair point but yeah i'm i was really glad i took the class and it was like because i was so intimidated and i was like and then because i was like oh i want to get into motorcycling and then i and then i um looked into it and i was like oh i have to take a class man and then my friend was like <laughs> no no it's like legit you'll want to do this and like i'm like oh okay you know and yeah i mean it that seems it does seem cool. I might do that one of these days. If you Learn do how to ride a motorcycle, if you take it, it's easier mm. to get into the winter and fall classes than the spring and mm. summer classes. I probably won't be taking it this year. Those It'll, are booked that'll be out, a future thing. Those are, but they're booked out pretty far because there's a mm-hmm. bottleneck. Like literally everybody who wants to ride a motorcycle legally in the state has to take a class. Oh, okay. and there's like one company that does it. And they don't offer them all the time. They're not doing them right now, but um, mm. there's only so many slots. So they are kind of hard to get into. Like I had to take one in Gresham. I couldn't even get in the one in Portland. How long like, did you have to sign up for it and then wait like six months and then take it? Like, or was it? It was about, I mean, I signed up pretty far in advance, but yeah, it was about, it was about four months before okay. I took the class. I almost forgot about it actually. <laughs> Cause like you pay for it and then, and they, there's all these things that are just like, we're doing this rain or shine. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and it did rain, but it's cool. Like, yeah, they, they put you on a bike that fits your size and they go really slow. The, I, the, the second day goes a little faster. The first day they go nice and slow, but then they really kind of push you the second day. Cause you literally like learn the rest of the stuff. And then you get tested on it immediately after that. <laughs> so it's like you're getting tested on things that you literally did for the first time. But like if you've ridden a bicycle, you can do all this stuff. Yeah, it seems like it seems like one of those things that like is probably the concepts of it aren't that hard. And then it's just a matter of practicing it a lot. Yeah. Getting good. And 
I think the thing about like, if you do take it, if you want to pass, like they pass pretty much everybody, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like there was a few people in the class. I was just like, I don't know. There was two people in my class that did not pass. Somebody did something that was like, there was like a thing that like, if you do this, it's an automatic fail. Mm-hmm. Somebody did that, I think. And that's why they didn't pass. But they even let them do it again. Oh, that's what it is. If you, if you mess up a thing and then you mess it, you get in, you get a redo, but you got to get it right the second time. Mm-hmm. But it was because this guy had a language barrier. English was not his first language. Oh, okay. I don't think he fully understand what, understood what he was supposed to, what he was supposed to be doing. Oh, okay. So yeah, it makes sense. I think that's why, because like he was really good at riding. He just, they were like, technically we cannot pass you because you, you did the automatic fail thing. The other dude, this guy was, oh my God, he was so bad. But it was weird because he looked like a biker. Like he looked, he had the look and he had his own gear. But man, he was, he, I, you couldn't see it on his face but he was scared and he just like wouldn't go fast at all. They'd be like, Mm -hmm. okay, we need everybody to kind of like go around the thing and, you know, get up to third gear. And he would just be like, like, and, and the, you're not allowed to pass anybody. And so like, it would be this, every single time we would do anything, we would all end up standing, sitting behind him where we would have to all come to a complete stop. Mm -hmm. And the drill was like, no, we're supposed to be going in a circle for a while but this guy's going so slow that all and we're not allowed to pass so we're all just like all right we're all just sitting here while you're while you're like putting along in first first gear just yeah 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 uh, and the and the instructors are yelling at him they're like gear going to another gear you gotta go faster and he just wasn't ready for it oh yeah he just wanted to tool around and but we just kept all getting stuck behind him where they got to the point where they're just like a couple of the drills they just pulled him and mm-hmm. it was like so that was the one person that didn't pass you know like they'd be like okay get up to 35 and then you have to like go through these cones really fast like do mm-hmm. this evasive thing and he like didn't even, <laughs> i don't know he was just like do, 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 do. and they're like do it again and then he just does the same thing it was like and you knew who didn't pass because they didn't get to go take the written test with everybody else. Oh. <laughs> so we're all like looking around like, who didn't pass? But it well, was pretty too obvious. bad for that guy. Yeah, He's, it sounds like he wasn't taking it too seriously either. He was like nervous. I, I think he was just so scared. Like yeah. he was just so well, How's scared. How was he going for a damn motorcycle license if he's not afraid that? I think because they, they like, like somebody like forced him into it. I think he he had a lot of friends that rode and he oh. wanted to ride with his friends. I mean, like he had all of the gear. Like he looked, he had those straggly beard, like the long goat gray goatee. <laughs> but he was, I mean, basically it's like if you if you're if you're just an idiot, you're not gonna pass this. But it's like it's easier than you think. Like it's not like yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that you wouldn't pass it first try. It's like you've ridden a bicycle before. Like, <laughs> no, you know I feel like I would shift. catch on. I would figure it out. They work you through so many things. And like, I mean, going through the cones is a little tough, but if you just like, and, and then this whole thing of like, um, what is it called? The uh, counter steering. 
Do you know what that is? Like, like if you're, like if your back tire slides out and you turn into the skid, that kind of situation. Oh, <laughs> where you're like that. No, it. So it's this weird thing. So to dip the bike into mm-hmm. a turn, technically, you actually have to turn the opposite way slightly to drop to drop into a turn. You actually have to turn the wheel a little bit like out of go, the turn. Okay. And so... It, is it something you do consciously or, or is it something you just automatically kind of do? If you, can tur- if you can dip a turn on a bicycle, you're yeah. counter-steering. <laughs> but when they explain it to you, it may, it, that's the only thing that fucks me up. Is basically, I was fine when they were just like, Bjorn, you've been making all the turns just fine. You're actually doing it. You just don't know that's what you're doing to make it mm-hmm. dip. But yeah, do it does. It does seem like, like it'd be. It's a little one of those weird. Things that might be automatic. You just don't think about it. Just kind of the physics yeah. of it works out that way. Mm-hmm. So, like when they, it's this weird thing. It's just like once you're aware of it, then it mm-hmm. fucks you up because then you're like, oh, and I, what? Wait, I'm not, and and then you're hesitating, and you're like, and you're in your head, and you're not thinking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So counter steering, it's confusing. And it just it confuses you, but if you're already if you're already making the turn, then you're doing it. So don't worry about it. <laughs> so do you turn in and then turn out afterward, or you turn out first? You and turn then out lean over? first, and then and and then because it's like like to dip into it, and it is you just have to practice, and and your mm. body will just naturally do it. Okay. It's just like interesting. You you press slightly on the in the direction and that's that's what allows you to dip the bike so it's literally just the amount that you would press into the handlebars just to lean over to get into the corner is enough of a count it's not like it's not like something you visually can see you're not just like er er if you if you watch someone who has like a a, a camera like a on, gopro on their helmet like a gopro on yeah. their helmet looking down at the thing you'll see like oh they do slightly turn that to dip the, into that turn and dip into that turn. Okay. Um, Interesting. And once it's in your head, you're like, it is harder. I think <laughs> it's <laughs> like you're like ah, but that's the only kind of weird thing that fucked me up. But even so, it's basically it's like they when they when they take the test is like there. I'm from my understanding, unless you do something that is like an automatic fail, you pretty much don't have to worry about not passing it. Like they make it seem like it's hard, so they because they want you to try, but it's not so bad. I mm-hmm. I was um, I was like surprised at like and I watched you watch everybody else and you're like oh that wasn't very good this wasn't very good I wonder if they're gonna pass and then all those people passed you know like I think I just hit one cone, hmm. um and they were like you don't even have to redo it it's fine <laughs> like, don't worry <laughs> about it but yeah you have to like nice. even these cones which is yeah that makes sense like you'd have to do some like in case there's something on the road yeah and just to show that you can steer a motorcycle around things and you have to make this make like a cone course yeah you have to do this 90 degree right turn okay the thing i've been struggling with the most honestly right now is just the signaling because it doesn't have automatic shutoffs so i keep leaving the signal on 
And oh, I got so you're <laughs> driving around like an old person? <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's no automatic. And also, I with mine with my specific vehicle, you gotta like really push it. Like, so I'm just getting into the habit of just double because I can see in my display mm-hmm. if it's clicking still. Um, but I turned on, I turned left onto this one road and it was mm-hmm. kind of like a, I had to like get up to speed and I was still thinking like, cause I'm still having to think about shifting yeah. like, and you know, all that. It's just a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking it slow, doing just a little bit at a time. Yeah. It's fun. It's been fun. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. I'm stoked. It's a good thing to do for uh quarantine. <laughs> It's an outdoor distanced activity. Yeah, it's a it's a driving around on a motorcycle. It's the yeah. perfect activity for what's going on. I'm literally wearing like body armor. <laughs> <laughs> I got this leather jacket with like plat like things in it, <laughs> like weird elbow and oh nice shoulder and back brace and all that. Oh, I don't wow. have the pants. I have the gloves, mm-hmm. jacket, helmet. Dude, because it's 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 uh illegal here in this state to ride without a helmet. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I've heard that. My buddy, I've got a buddy that has a lot of bikes and here. He, yeah, we'll see. And he wears because the the biggest the biggest like bars to entry for me were like a I didn't have a bike, mm-hmm. uh, and b I didn't really feel like I had the capacity to get a bike mm-hmm. because. The bike I wanted was in Beaverton or in Tigard. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, dude, I don't know my way around in a car in that town. Yeah, And you me can't either. really use a GPS. And I don't know how to drive a motorcycle that good yet. The only way that I know how to get to Beaverton and to, to Tigard is on the it's freeway. With the GPS. Yeah. With the GPS. Yeah, me too. And like, I, I know it's over there, but other than that. Yeah. I don't really even know the highways exactly. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to have to drive across to a part of town or uh, from a part of town that I mm-hmm. don't know. And I don't know the side streets. Like if it was a dealership in like Gresham or something, like I know the streets around here really well. But yeah. Over there, I don't know at all. Like, and they're, they're hilly and windy and weird. <laughs> and I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And I was like, shit, how am I going to get the bike to me? Like, and then also like where I currently live is on a pretty busy street. So like I have to make kind of a wild left or wild, even right Mm -hmm. in my car. Most days I'm like nervous because there's just cars parked and I can't see. It's a blind turn. Yeah, no, you're, I've been to your apartment and turning out of your apartment is a nightmare. It's It's super scary at at a lot of hours of the day Mm -hmm. and I don't like doing it in my car and like, I don't make risky turns, but like, sometimes I'm just like, I mean, I got to have my whole, like, I guess on a bike, I could get like into the bike lane and I mm-hmm. can see versus with my car. I have like my car. Yeah. <laughs> the you have a whole part. Yeah. The whole hood <laughs> of your car would have to stick quite, out in the traffic. Yeah. It pretty much does when I'm making a left <laughs> turn, I'm like all the way into the bike lane and I still mm-hmm. can't see some days. Yeah, because people park right up to the edge yeah. on that side, and so they block your view of traffic. It's awful. It's not cool at all. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it's 
35 so people go 55 on that part of the road Mm -hmm. and they can't see you pulling out either that's the other reason why i like to kind of get my nose out so that people kind of like that are driving maybe will see that i'm trying to turn Mm -hmm. and slow down yeah i mean (laughs) so that was the other reason i was like fuck i don't want to like learn to drive (laughs) but did you get it in beaverton or how did that work out when you got it so i have more friends than I realized in Portland that ride motorcycles, which I learned from posting a photo of my motorcycle. <laughs> but I've got a buddy who's like, you can store your bike here in the wintertime in my garage because he wants a riding buddy because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any friends that really that bike or that uh, ride anymore. Nice. So uh, I can store it in the winter as in his garage because it doesn't take up that much space. Mm-hmm. And um, and he went with me and picked it up and drove it <laughs> to his house for me. Oh, nice. So that's how I that's was awesome. able to get it. Because nice. there's and even when I was driving it, I was just like, there is no way he had to pass <laughs> like some semi trucks. Like that is that's like a level that I am not even close to (laughs) passing semi trucks going up a hill over like a small pass thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like like going on, on I five or whatever through or 26. Yeah. One of those over up over the hill. Yeah. I mean already though, like I probably I'm, I would feel more comfortable today now Mm -hmm. doing it after four days of riding. What's the fastest you've gone on it so far? 45. Okay. I haven't really opened it up. I haven't gotten to that top gear yet. I'm still, <laughs> I'm, I'm really just like trying to work on just getting comfortable with it and not taking too many risks. And I also yeah. just, it's like, I've said this before. I think it's really important if you want to build a habit or like learn how to do something to do it in small increments, but high frequency. Yeah. Even though true. we just talked about comedy being like don't just jump right in but that's the thing that's the i'm no, jumping but we, in we sort of said do small i mean you're only allowed to do small increments of comedy when you start mm-hmm. you're not doing an hour right away no i hope not i don't want to see that but i've got some friend i have a friend who that was the first time first time he ever did stand up he did an hour like and then you know dylan dylan yeah did that. yeah dylan did that he would do an hour every i think it was like once a month at some show yeah just, just go some, up and do an hour yeah just some random guy like wanted comedy at his place right and just <laughs> yeah hired him to do an hour once a month <laughs> and he was getting like a few hundred dollars to do it and apparently he was good like i, I believe that like he can just yeah i do believe that he, yeah because dylan can riff really well and like talk to the crowd really well so i imagine oh i just can't i've never even done an hour the longest oh. I've ever done is 45. Same as the speed on my motorcycle. I've, I've only done, I did get hired to do an hour and I did 45 because mm. they were over me. And I oh, was really? like, I had no opener. I also had no opener. So like, and it was at a weird venue. Was this was, in Minneapolis? Yeah. Okay. It was that, it was that, uh, that bear event that I got hired to do. Oh, um, I did comedy next to a pool <laughs> with a bunch of bears in a pool. It was <laughs> awesome. I had a great experience, but I did not do the full hour. I definitely could tell 
at about 40 minutes that I was like, I don't think these people are going to listen to me much longer. Like I could Mm -hmm. feel there. And it's, I mean, like the first half hour of the set went really well. And then they really started to. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's a whole thing, dude. An hour is a totally different art. It's a totally different thing than than 20 or I think I've, I've done like, I've done like 15 once. Well, even like, so doing 15, I don't even know if I've done 15. I think I did 13. Really? I think I told the guy I had, I I said, I'm confident that I could do 10. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. I don't care. Nobody's going to be here anyway. And so (laughs) I did all my jokes and it ended up being like 13 minutes or something to like two people. Yeah. I I was looking for smiles. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's. I, it, this is my opinion obviously mm-hmm. too but it's like when you you can and you 15 even 20 honestly you can just stitch five minute sets or three minute sets together mm-hmm. to make your 15 yeah. or or, or mm-hmm. 20 but when you're doing an hour that's a totally different thing like you need it to have like peaks and valleys and yeah. you need to be okay with there being some valleys because people cannot laugh at that rate for that long <laughs> like it just it, they can't mm-hmm. and it's taking me a while to realize that no yeah. i mean and it was like so with our style that we do right now it's just like boom 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 like really punchy but mm-hmm. you can't do that for an hour you just can't yeah because people aren't gonna they just can't handle that and so it is so i mean yeah, i can't even imagine somebody hiring me to do an hour I would laugh at them. I would be like, what, have you seen what I do? Oh, if, if I did this again, mm-hmm. um, if I were to somehow do this again, first of all, bringing an opener. That is 100%. If you're, mm-hmm. ever, if you're ever headline, like if you ever get an opportunity to like headline a thing, bring mm-hmm. an opener for God's sakes. Like at least like one ask opener. them if there's an opener and if there isn't, yeah. then definitely bring someone. Bring and if it. even if there is an opener, give them say, some hey, of I'm your money. Bring a feature. <laughs> yeah, bring <laughs> some kind of opener that. Well, I mean, the the, the value of you bringing an opener is you can trust. It's somebody that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the biggest takeaway for me. Was just like, God, I really wish I brought an opener, um, but I had no idea, because it's literally they're just like. The DJ is just like, all right, we got a comedian coming up. Uh, here he is. And you're just like, all right, hi. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, hello. Like, like they might say your name. Yeah, that seems yeah, that does feel like it would be really weird. Yeah. Like, I know you guys are like dancing. I saw a guy but, do uh, a show like here we that. Go. I saw a guy do that. I forget where it was at the Molly Brown in Bozeman. And strike one (laughs) i think it was i think it was when mob deep played there okay and this was this was in like 2016 i believe prodigy was still alive rest in peace and uh yeah it was they got on at like midnight but they had opener after opener for like from 8 p.m to midnight because we got there you know we wanted to get drunk and hang out at the Molly Brown. And yeah. we didn't know that they would be four hours late because <laughs> we hadn't been to a lot of rap concerts yet. So we didn't know how it works. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the openers was like a local comedian in Bozeman. Oh, really? 
he did like 15 and he i think he he just they were just like here's a comedian this guy and but doing 15 that's not bad but like it was one of those things where he didn't really get a weird he got like a weird intro where it was just like (laughs) this guy's a comedian uh please welcome this guy It, it was like a mixed mic Honestly, it was a mixed open mic up until that concert. Okay. Because it was, it was like the Bozeman hip-hop scene. Okay. Yeah. So Dude, it was a lot of white guys singing about getting stoned. Um, <laughs> and, about and, different ways rapping, of smoking weed. Rapping about <laughs> weed. And then apparently someone in the scene had recently passed away, and so they all kind of had a tribute song to that guy. Okay. <laughs> He, he seemed like he must have been a nice guy because they all really missed him, and I felt bad for them for that, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but they all had a tribute song to that man, and then they talked about smoking pot because I think that's the only hip-hop type of thing that you're allowed to do in Bozeman. I don't think any other hip-hop type of situations go down in Bozeman. <laughs> just, just weed beats. They don't have... There isn't a, you know, the club. There isn't a club in... in There's no club. In Bozeman you know nope i don't think you can get bottle service or table service anywhere not even at like plonk (laughs) no i don't think you could get no plonk is like a wine bar (laughs) it's not a it's not like a you could get bottle service (laughs) you could you could get you could get a bottle of wine to your table yeah but it's like it's not like you're not at vip anywhere in plonk (laughs) you're just wasting money in bozeman oh man (laughs) But yeah, I'd say, well, I mean, it's also a whole learning thing. Like now I, after hosting these shows that I host all the time, I go up cold, Mm -hmm. you know, three times a week now. Yeah. So that's fine. Up until that point, I had always just been on shows. And I think that's the value of running like a shitty open mic Mm -hmm. or even a, and making it good is like, you get to the point where like, if you have to go in cold open for yourself. You can kind of, you can roll in and just be like, hey, everybody, yeah. I'm, I'm me. And you're going to listen to me for a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and it, like really, you can do it smoothly or you can do it not smooth. And you know mm-hmm. how to deal with how not smooth you just did it. Mm-hmm. And you can make it, it's just, it's, there really is an art to starting a show. And when you don't have an opener, mm-hmm. like you're also doing that. And then you, it is very, it's very weird because like, at least with even like, if I were to do that again, I'd even just like bring someone like Todd or somebody and just be like, Todd, just do like three minutes and then just bring it <laughs> Like whatever, yeah. you know, like uh, having somebody to just sort of like, like take that moment and, and make it like, hey, everybody, this is what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. like here, like I say something, you do something that's funny. And then, and then be like, you ready for this? And then like, get it going. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and so the person can come up to like, you know, whatever yeah they can like come up t- with some some energy yeah whether it's with music or whatever yeah it's or still at least you got somebody energy. who's like please welcome to the stage your headliner yeah. for this evening yeah exactly I'm hilarious you're yeah, it's some kind of like hype there's a reason yeah. why that person is there and it's just to like be like yo this person's awesome trust me it's like you're doing an amazon review oh, right. live 
of them. Like you're just giving them a five-star review before they even get up there <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. just build everyone's expectations up regardless. Yeah, get people in like, oh, we're going to love them. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, and it just, I think it engages people a little bit more other mm-hmm. than like, if it's just you, just like, hey guys. Um, So just by the way, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like how- No, it, that does sound weird. I'm thinking about all, I've never been to a stand-up, like an actual stand-up show that didn't have an opener. Yeah, that's the reason for it. I don't think I've it. ever been to a show where it was just one guy. And yeah, I, it makes sense because the, fir- the opener is always like, even at a dedicated stand-up show, they're always like the first couple minutes is awkward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, there's no I mean, energy. Like they, they, their set never has a lot of energy. Mm-mm. Like they're building up the crowd. Yeah. You know, and by the time the feature gets up there, then there's usually some. And that's why I think it's good to do it, to, yeah. to do that a bunch before mm-hmm. you do the other things. Yeah. Like it would be odd yeah. to just be a headliner all of us like well cuz without doing that. I think I've told you about this show that I went to see it was a couple weeks before the shutdown. Uh we went to see Beth Stelling, I'll name drop. And uh her opener or her feature act who I won't name drop uh bombed pretty oh, hard. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they bombed. It was there were two of them and they had like a two people do comedy at the same time type of act and uh you know i'm I'm sure they're very funny from time to time but this was not one of those times like was it just that their material was funny or <laughs> yeah they did a lot of like riffing on the room and it, it was all like the most like overdone portland jokes of all time just like oh artisan kombucha <laughs> uh, yeah. and it's like oh yeah we've heard it Dude, when and it when wasn't I, it wasn't like they didn't have a funny enough take on the hacky Portland obvious Portland jokes. Yeah. It was just all the obvious Portland jokes, and nobody just, was about just, it. But just like observing it and not really making a yeah no it they like, like they just, made all the jokes, but the jokes they made were the easy like the go to joke like the shit that everyone's already heard. Mm-hmm. and so the crowd just wasn't into it it was like it was hard to watch i was i I felt a little bad for them but more annoyed that they <laughs> were setting up beth who i was excited to see that they were like just bombing so hard and she had to dig out of that hole for her, her whole set oh really yeah like i respected her so much for how well she did she had to dig herself out of that hole mm-hmm. like she's I mean, she's a professional comedian, so like she should be able to do that. Yeah, you. But got, she did. You, yeah, she crushed it. You, it was awesome. And she I think came but, out with a ton of energy and hit him with a bunch of punchlines in a row. You know, got the crowd yeah. kind of back into it. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, every time that something went a little awry in her set, it was like right back down. Like, oh man. Yeah, like the crowd just was in a weird mood the whole fucking time. Have you ever had sets like that? It's weird. Where it's just like, boom, and just like, nope, <laughs> like, nope, 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 yeah, nope, nope, yeah, nope. Like, it's, um, it's this odd, I like, I think I have, I've they had a either lot of... love or hate you. And somehow it's like, there's never any, mm. any like medium laughs. It's just like, boom, or nothing. No, you know what? I actually haven't had that experience. Pop or nothing. Yet. I've had, I've had a lot of, they just like, 
were neutral on me and they laughed i think out of respect Mm -hmm. and just like you know if we just laugh (laughs) then he'll only do the time he's allotted and he'll leave (laughs) he's not gonna keep talking yeah and yeah i mean once again it's like it's i tried to respect that opinion you know i did my time and i fucked off but like got right off yeah so i've got i've had those i've had good sets and then i've had where i like i have a joke do really well with one crowd and then just eat dicks with it, the next crowd mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah yeah where you're just like well i don't we're just don't like know. yeah well they didn't like it but the other five crowds i've done it for did so i'm gonna keep saying the joke Fuck i mean sometimes there's like little things it's like oh i forgot to to something. yeah I, those are the ones or... i listen back to where it's like why did that joke not work for these people and sometimes, sometimes it's, like it's one word it up yeah or sometimes it's like a word that you normally say and then you just like cut it like mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And yeah, then like, I've had that experience. Oh, that where one I tried, word totally changes everything. Where I try saying the punchline differently or something. I'm like, yeah, oh, let's try saying it this way. Nope. Nope. Go back to the other way. <laughs> I've had some jokes. I think the best example for me with that joke were that i have about portland <laughs> you know that hacky joke i have about my observation about portland mm-hmm. no but i i have a joke about uh when i first moved here and when i changed the tone in which i said it mm-hmm. it totally changed it and i started getting it like i was like i know this is funny i'm gonna keep doing it until it gets a laugh and i'm glad i did that because once i figured out that like little detail of a like like thing in the joke Mm -hmm. i don't want to say the joke but um where i just like i put some emphasis on this one word yeah and i I changed my tone where i'm just like "Ah, nobody and like when i started saying that totally changed and started getting huge laughs went from getting nothing to like big laughs so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay yeah i know what joke you're talking you know what joke i'm talking about yeah yeah i could see i can totally see that too yeah when when you say it like a silly fun way it's just like what but when you come in and you're just like nobody (laughs) yeah like yeah really emphasizes the point you're trying to make that it was like yeah and it it was game changer i mean who knows too that might have just been like i was doing a bunch of open mics for the same person the same people and like just because i yelled or or like i'm now putting emphasis like now they're actually hearing it Mm -hmm. it, so whatever all right. Well, we might we might need to wrap this bitch up. Yep. We've been we've been rolling for a minute now. Yep. I think we're good. Um, React yeah. Element eighty seven. Yep. If if I'm burglarized and I get and they only take these and I get the hundred and sixty dollars of insurance money, are you replacing them? Probably not. No. Nope. Going to be completely honest. I don't like the blisters. <laughs> um. I just they just don't fit my feet perfectly. And so I would probably choose a different one. I might go with the React Prestos instead. Those yeah. look like they might be pretty comfy. I've heard they're really comfy, you know, as yeah. a React sneaker. I would probably just try something different, but I don't regret buying them. I like them. I think they look cool. And that's my, that's my. Awesome. All right. Where can people, where can people find you, Nick? Nick Scalzone Comedy on Instagram. Awesome. And you can find me at BjornRG.com. All my stuff's on there. Thank you guys so much for watching. Bye. <laughs>